Hey, Ambitious Mama, welcome to Becoming with Lauren Ricks. I'm so excited and so honored you are here. This podcast is for you if you are an on-the-go mompreneur looking for a different way of doing life and business, a more God-centered way that feels aligned with how you want to show up in this season of life you are in right now. Because I see you, Mama, hustling around the clock, burnt out, and missing out out on all the moments that you thought you would see because you can't let go of the hustle. There is a different way. And in this podcast, we will cover conversations about God and your faith, being an entrepreneur, all things mother, and out of the box thinking. I cannot wait to take you on this journey with me. Welcome back to Becoming with me, Lauren Ricks, and we are specifically in our Bible series in Ecclesiastes, and we only have a couple days left. Today we're going to be talking about Ecclesiastes 10, and then we have 11 and 12, and we are done with this series. I pray that you have gotten out of this series, of this book, as much as I have And I hope and pray that you go through it again on your own, in your own Bible, and do your journaling with it, and really do some reflecting on how this applies to your life right now. Um, Also, if you are interested, I do have a couple spots left in my creation experience, and we have um, my Becoming Aligned membership is still open for November, we are talking all about cycle syncing and aligning your task with your cycle. And then in December, we are talking about um, transitions in life and how to quote unquote balance hold it all. So which is going to be a perfect conversation for the holidays coming up. So if you are needing some extra support, community, personal growth, any of that kind of stuff, you want to create an offer and put it out into the world, you just need some life support where you are at in this season of life, come on over. You can send me a DM and we can see what what fits best for you in your life right now. But let's jump into Ecclesiastes 10. So right off the bat, he talks about um, being wise and being foolish and how you can... um, See, you can identify a fool by just the way they walk down the street, which is so interesting if we're aware of it, right? And um, a, he says in 10.2, a wise person chooses the right road, a fool takes the wrong one. You can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. So interesting, right? Very interesting. In 10.4, he talks about if your boss is angry at you, don't quit. A spirit or a quiet spirit can overcome great mistakes. And down in the description of this one, I thought was like, so it can apply to parenting too. It says the proverb, the proverb has implications for employer and employee relationships. Employees should ride out the temper tantrum of their employer. If we quietly do our work and don't get upset, the employer will probably forget or probably get over his anger and calm down. And I think about that with temper tantrums as parents, right? How often do we explode because our kids are having temper tantrums or we have a temper tantrum because our kids are having a temper tantrum, right? And if we were to just stay quiet, sit with them as they're having their temper tantrum, they will get over their temper tantrum and then we can talk about it. This is not a parenting 
episode, but I feel like I should maybe do one on that if that's something you guys want to talk about. But this is something where it's just like, use a like be quiet in when you're in the midst of temper tantrums or angry people right and wait until maybe the emotion rides and then having a conversation around it right so the next part he, he goes into the irony of life um and he just has like a little poem kind of about the irony of life um and he says in here 10 5 Here's another evil he's seen under the sun. Kings and rulers make a grave mistake when they give great authority to foolish people and low positions to people of proven worth. Um, And then I had written over here, um, Solomon continues to build to his conclusion that everything we have from wisdom to riches is nothing without God, but when God uses what little we have, it becomes all we ever want or need. And that's just such a good reminder of like not to put all your success or not to think that like because you have all the material things that that's all you need, right? Um, He talks about this somewhere else too that I want to read, but I'll get to that part. Um, So let's do 10-10. Using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Having wisdom helps you succeed, right? Skills, you can sharpen. Skills and tools, you can improve. Wisdom is something that like is given to you. It's a value that can help you succeed, right? So in the description part of my Bible, it says, trying to do anything without the necessary skill or tool is like chopping wood with a dull ax. If your tool is dull, You should sharpen it to do a better job. Similarly, if you lack skills, you should sharpen them through training and practice. Sharpening the blade means recognizing there's a problem, acquiring or honing the skills or tools to do the job better, and then going out and doing it. So here's something you can do. Find the areas of your life where your ax is dull and sharpen your skills so you can do more effective work for God. Where in your life... Do you feel called, but maybe your skills are dull? How can you sharpen your skills? How can you get better with the skills that God has put in, the calling that God has put in your life? How can you deepen those to do better work for God, right? So good. Um, The next one I want to talk about is um, 10-16. 1016. What sorrow for the land ruled by a servant, the land whose leaders feast in the morning. Happy is the land whose king is a noble leader and whose leaders feast at the proper time to gain strength for their work, not to get drunk. And then down below, I I put in here that um, he talked about the Israelites having had a season of life where they had immature and irresponsible leaders and their nation fell. The leaders were selfish and lazy so that's why their kingdom fell um he also talks in here laziness leads to a sagging roof idleness leads to a leaky house 1019 a party gives laughter wine gives happiness and money gives everything and then down below he talks i think this is like 
a little bit of sarcasticness, right? Because then down below in my description, he talks about how government leaders, businesses, families, even churches get trapped into thinking money can meet all their needs. We throw money at our problems. How many are guilty at this? I am so guilty of this. Um, but just as the thrill of wine is only temporary, the soothing effect of the last purchase soon wears off and then we have to buy more, right? That adrenaline or that, um, that hit of dopamine, right? Wears off. We, we get a hit of dopamine when we buy something, when we spend something, when we have a drink, right? And then it wears off and to get that again, we have to do it again, right? Um, scripture recognizes that money is necessary for survival, but it warns against the love of money. Money is dangerous because it deceives us into thinking that wealth is easily is easily the way to everything we want. But love of money is sinful because we trust money rather than God to solve our problems. But who, those who pursue its empty promises will one day discover that they have nothing because they are spiritually bankrupt. This is interesting to me because there's so much out there on money, right? And it's like it said in here, the love of money is sinful, not money itself, but your intention, your motive around money. And I think like God gives us money, intends us to have money. He knows we need it for our survival, but your intention around why you want money is key. If you want money because you think it's going to be the thing that solves all your problems, you are going to be wrong, right? You're going to you're going to get all the things you want and you're going to still feel unfulfilled you're going to feel like he says spiritually bankrupt so it's learning how to know and this is this this is a struggle I have like know that we need money right we need money to survive but knowing that I don't need to go to money to get my needs met I need to go to God to get my needs met right and shifting that going to him first and depending on him versus depending on money, putting my trust in God versus putting my trust in money, right? And this is just really looking at your motives behind why you're doing the things we're doing. It's so interesting. So that is Ecclesiastes 11 today, jumping in, getting to it. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Oh, Ecclesiastes 10, sorry. It's Ecclesiastes 10, not Ecclesiastes 11. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I will see you tomorrow for Ecclesiastes 11.